You know what makes me laugh? When people say, high yield savings accounts. There's an oxymoron if I ever heard one. I mean, in the old days, you actually could make a decent return on savings accounts to the point where they could supplement your income to an extent, but those days are gone forever. You will never see interest rates on savings accounts above 1% ever again in your lifetime. You won't even see them get close to that. But what are we supposed to do? Thankfully, new technology has emerged to replace those outdated savings accounts with something even better. Nexo is the next generation of savings using cryptocurrency. They are out to replace traditional banking, but with crypto as the asset. It allows you to earn interest on up to 24 cryptocurrencies. Also, it allows you to borrow against them. Don't just buy and hold your crypto. Earn some interest on it too. With Nexo, you can earn up to 10% on your stable coins like Tether and USDC, 6% with Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Binance Coin, and Stellar Lumens, and so much more. Also, if you choose to have your interest paid to you in the native Nexo token instead of the deposited coin in kind, you get an extra 2% in interest. You can withdraw your funds anytime you want. The platform does not mandate any minimum contribution threshold and does not charge any fees. Payouts happen daily. Check them out at reinventideal.com slash Nexo. That's reinventideal.com slash Nexo. All crypto investing and services carry risks. Interest rates not guaranteed. This ad is not financial advice. Do your own research and seek a competent professional before making any decisions. Reinvent Ideal is on. Today, we got a listener email to analyze here that illustrates a very important point that every guy needs to internalize when it comes to women. And that is, if you treat her like a queen, she will treat you like a slave. Warning, you are about to cross a no-bull barrier. Reinvent Ideal starts now. You're listening to Reinvent Ideal, dating and life advice for men. So you're struggling though, you need some help? The wisdom you need when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. Well, we're all enjoying our day. We're gonna lose 12 men to suicide today. Your weekly red pill prescription. It's a place for unguarded conversations to investigate with a council of men the riddles of life. With Cairo Copeland. Imagine the following scenario. You and this woman you admire are in the kitchen and she's standing right by the refrigerator and she asks you, hey, can I have some wine? Your response is not only, oh, of course, darling, as you wish, but you also get up and pour it for her, despite the fact that she's right there and perfectly capable of doing it herself. I tell you what, a woman will never be more repulsed in her entire life than by a guy like this. And you see, the problem here is not your good-hearted nature of wanting others to be happy and wanting others to like you is what it really comes down to. The real problem here is subservience. And that's the concept that I want you to get internalized here. That you, you want to avoid subservience at all costs. And I got a listener email here to read to you that kind of best illustrates all of this here. And I'm keeping it anonymous here because... And now guys, whenever you send me an email, I'm going to try to keep you anonymous. Because something that I am really disgusted by in today's world is guys getting fired, getting completely shit-canned by their jobs for their opinions or for what they listen to. I mean, I've heard stories of guys that listen to 
my program or other programs in the Red Pill Consortium, and then some sad, sorry-ass pussy at work saw that on their phone and went and complained, and they had to get called into the office and had to speak to the principal. It's absolute bullshit. So if you send me an email, I'll keep you anonymous, unless you tell me not to. But here's what it says here. It says, hey, Cairo, I need help with this one girl. All right, pause here. It says this one girl. I don't want to hear that phrase from you guys, that there's this one girl. Whenever you say there's this one girl, there's something really wrong there. That's a sign of one-itis. But back to the email here. It says, I met her while she was running a food truck business on the side of the road, thought she was extremely hot, and pulled over to meet her. I did the usual flirting techniques and took bold action. We chatted for a good bit, even after I finished the food that I bought from her. I even got her number. Okay. Well, you did more than most guys would, so that's a good start so far here. He continues, now I'm starting to think that she only gave me her number because she had just started this new business venture and was afraid of being bad-mouthed by her first customer. Okay, well, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, even when girls like a guy and they give the phone number out, even even then, still, like that doesn't mean anything. That's not a serious victory. He continues, We did text back and forth regularly, which is something I wasn't expecting, but things seem to be going in the wrong direction, and I don't understand why. She doesn't seem to be very interested in getting to know me, and seems less interested in me in general as time goes on. I try to keep the spark alive by visiting her every day. Oh, there's a mistake right there. Don't be doing that. And telling her about how I can... Really help out her business and get it growing. Okay, stop here. Did she ask for this help? Never proactively offer help to a woman that you're interested in and if she's running a business and you're, or is there some expertise that you have that you know she could benefit from? Do not ever proactively offer help with that. It's great if she comes and asks you for it because maybe she's probably doing it just because she likes you and wants an excuse to be around you. I've had that happen to me. But if you're proactively offering the help, then that shows, it shows, it reeks of being a tryhard on your part. So he continues, she seems resistant even to this, like my trying to be helpful is repelling her. Yeah, it is. Do people not want help and things that can benefit them? Do women not want guys that can make their lives better? What the hell is wrong with her? Well, very glad that you wrote in, because I'm going to tell you, on the program today, what in the hell is wrong with her? But let's also turn the mirror back to you here and say, well, what the hell is wrong with you? You don't know this woman. Why are you offering to help her out? I know it's because you want to get to know her and you want to move things forward with her. This is not the way to do it. Now, this is what society tells you through blue pill conditioning. It tells you that, oh yes, you need to do nice things for women all the time. You need to be that sweet, thoughtful, romantic guy. Because you see, that's the social script that you're told to follow. And that's exactly what my company is against and is all about debunking and changing. That is what it means to reinvent ideal, to reinvent what is the ideal life for a male in today's world. Changing the social script from being this subservient fool that lights himself on fire to keep everyone else around him warm while he burns to death. Instead of being that, what I want you to be is the guy that lives life according to his rules, does what he wants, when he wants. He's not this selfish asshole, but what he is is he's a self-concerned man that looks after himself and makes his own needs a priority. Instead of working like a slave for a corporation that doesn't even appreciate him and probably hates his guts because they would much rather 
promote Susie Super Special in their new women's corporate outreach program. He works for himself. He's an entrepreneur that runs his own business. Instead of being tied down by a woman and a family that maybe he really didn't even want, he only acquired it because society told him that he should want that, that he should acquire that. Instead of that, he lives a free life where he dates multiple women and can maneuver around in his social life however he wishes. That is what we mean by reinvent ideal. And that is what my company and this program is all about. Teaching every guy how to acquire this type of life and giving them the tools that they need to attain that. And if you like this type of content, consider making a donation at reinventideal.com support. That way we can keep this message going. It has to be done independent of any of the traditional media gatekeepers because you know they, they don't want a message like this out. They want all you guys to continue to be slaves to society, being these working plow horses that do nothing but work and work and work and please everybody else. They want you to be subservient, which is what today's program is all about. You see, built into our DNA through thousands of years of human history is the natural tendency to treat the subservient as less than human. Just think back to Egypt, the old days when you had pharaohs and you had their queens and their princesses. Do you think that they had any care or concern for the slaves that were out there building the pyramids? They had Hebrew slaves, they had Ethiopian slaves, they had slaves from tribes all over Africa. Do you think that they cared at all about it? Of course not. They didn't give a shit. And the lack of concern certainly extends to a lack of attraction as well. And all throughout history, this has been the case. From the earliest of those slave master arrangements to the day that there was uh, that French princess that said, let them eat cake. It wasn't Marie Antoinette. Everybody thinks it was Marie Antoinette. It wasn't her. It was a different French princess about a hundred years earlier. And it wasn't actually cake. It was what she was telling them. Everybody uh, gets that part of history wrong. They, they don't understand, not to get sidetracked here, but that's something that everybody gets wrong here is that it wasn't this arrogant, stuck-up comment of saying, well, well, you guys should just eat this because I'm such a cold-hearted bitch. Really, it was that there was brioche all over the palace and everything, so she didn't understand. Well, why can't they just eat brioche here? Because there's so much of it around. All those people starving. Anyways, sorry to get sidetracked. Back to where we were here is that if you're going to be helpful to people, there's a problem uh, that comes along with this, especially in today's world where everybody is just such a self-centered asshole. Because you see, being helpful is one-sided, and it's a fatal error to think that you're also helping yourself, particularly when it comes to being helpful to women. Now, you stumble into this twisted logic by observing that the most helpful waiter probably gets the best tips. But you see, that arrangement was made for that. In uh, restaurants where you see a, a waiter that's uh, getting these great tips and everything just by being very helpful, the tipper knows that the waiter is being most helpful specifically to get the best tip. There's not a hidden agenda there. So his subservience is rewarded because it was solicited. It was bought and paid for. That's welcomed subservience. But if we look at other kinds of subservience, a lot of it is not welcome. I mean, it's the same reason why male strippers aren't as popular with women as female strippers are with men. Because you see, a male stripper is legitimately there for the express pleasure of the women he entertains. And they may tip this guy, but it's very unlikely they'd want to go home with him. Or there's very few women that would want to take him home or 
go see him at the strip club in the first place. And I'll tell you what, women, I don't think that they approach a situation like this logically. It's more likely that their reactions are emotional instincts going back to those historic times where there was slavery, like in Egypt. Because this instinct, it does serve them the same way a cost-benefit analysis would. You know, suppose you're someone that is very beneficial for her to have in her network. Let's go back to the listener's email here in that example. She's running a business and you're this great marketing genius or this guy with lots of uh, network connections. You're this guy that has this immense accounting expertise. So you'd be someone that's very beneficial for her to have in her network. And suppose she's even a bit interested in you before the two of you get to know each other. And then she finds out that you could help her with something that she really wants or needs. At that moment, when she discovers that, you become disqualified from ever being a sex partner for her. And the rational explanation behind that is that if you really are that useful, she doesn't want to fuck things up by introducing sex into the arrangement. Just as you know, women are more emotional and they understand that sex can make things unpredictable and jeopardize the relationship. So it adds new risks that otherwise wouldn't exist. And this happens even if you're a very attractive guy. You want to recognize this point, even if you're like one of the sexiest dudes ever, because you see women have one eighteenth the amount of sex hormones that you have. So it doesn't always take top priority for them when it comes to getting needs met. If you ever looked inside a girl's phone, you probably have seen this, where she has guys saved in her phone for the different purposes that they serve. Like, you know, one guy is the Uber Eats guy. Uh, another guy is the electricity bill guy is the guys that they call on for getting these needs met I mean, it's a cultural thing now where some guys we call them meal tickets because what they are is they're just guys that women date only to get free meals from and that guy's never going to get sex because he serves a more useful purpose and that's feeding her she doesn't always need sex but she does always need to eat so what i'm saying by all of this here is that women are not going to put their meal tickets on the line for a chance of a little bit of dick and if there is anything else that you can do for her that is useful to her, she's not going to jeopardize that just for the chance of getting a little bit of dick. And the more useful you are to her, the less likely you are to get sexual with her. And once she sees you as just someone that's beneficial to her, you're no longer seen as someone sexually desirable. Just like, uh, if, say, Lisa Ann, the porn star Lisa Ann, if she was your landlord, as gorgeous as she may be, you wouldn't risk fucking things up by trying to fuck her. Or if she were your boss at work, you wouldn't risk losing your job to have sex with her. Now, if it turns out that uh, she is unreceptive to your advances, I mean, that would lead to so much awkward tension whenever you see each other. Or you know, worse yet, if she's your landlord, she could throw you out. Or if she's your boss, she could fire you. And you need housing, you need a job more than you need sex. In the same way, women have needs that are more top of mind than sex. While your sex drive is always on, hers has to be turned on. But you won't be able to do that with a woman that sees you as helpful. And if you try to fix this condition with a woman that already sees you as useful, you're wasting your time. Because there's no cure for this. There's only prevention. So to prevent this, what you want to do when you're around... A woman that you like is avoid talking about your job. A lot of guys that want to brag about it, particularly if they got a great job. Like if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a accountant or something that makes a lot of money, you want to brag about it. But really, you're just going to bore her. And it may be seen just as an attempt to impress her. Or it may signal to her that you could be of benefit to her. Even if you have a fancy pants job, 
What you want to do is keep quiet about it and let her discover it for herself. If she ever asks you what your job is, you can joke. That's what I would do is I would joke. I would say, oh, I work at McDonald's. Now, you may fear that if you say something like that, she'll have no interest in you after. But you see, if that was the case, well, she was just looking for a meal ticket anyway. She was a gold digger. But in many cases, they're more intrigued by you for having the balls to admit something like that. Another thing you don't want to talk about is your skills. Whatever you're good at, you want to keep quiet about it if it's something that benefits them. Now, if your skill is something like dancing or playing guitar, that's different. But if you got skills like being able to fix things, working on cars or building things, electrical work, whatever, you want to keep quiet about those things because they will not see you as something that they need to give you sex for in order to get you to do it for them. They'll just ask you for it and give you a hollow thanks in return. So even if you're a great cook or a great guitar player even, you want her to discover that on her own. The great skills you have, let her discover it on her own. Don't vocalize it. Don't verbalize it to her. What you do is you demonstrate these skills. Nothing wrong with demonstrating it, so long as they're demonstrated in the natural course of events. But boasting about them early on, it's a critical mistake. Another thing that you don't want to be talking about in front of her is your accomplishments, because it just stinks of bragging and thirst. And I tell you, the stench of thirst is what dries up a woman's happy place faster than the Saharan sun. But they also lead you right back to talking about your skills. And that leads her to saying, well, you know, maybe you can help me with... When you hear a sentence start out like that, maybe you can help me with, an alarm bell should be going off. Like, oh god, I fucked up. Whenever you hear that. See, a sentence that starts this way, what that is, is that's a shit test in disguise. She's testing to see if you're man enough to say no, to not supplicate and become subservient. Because you never want to hear these words. But I tell you what, if you do, what could be happening is uh, maybe she thinks that you were just trying to impress her. So the best course of action is to just say, hey, you know what, maybe, maybe not. And then change the subject immediately. Or the next best thing to do to so solidify the fact that you are not a subservient simp that is going to do as she commands is create a story. Tell her a story here saying uh, later on in the conversations that you're having with her, you want to talk about how you've experienced many people in your past make attempts to use you for your different skills and how you find it so annoying. Because this sends the message that you want her to get. And that's the message that you will not be used. Except for one thing. There's only one thing you want to be useful to a woman for. And that's sex. So you burn it into your mind right now that the only problem you can help a woman with is her reproductive problem. Because whenever any element of business or trade-off or a value exchange of any type gets added to any relationship, it pushes the relationship further away from being sexual. Just like how you know deep down that it's a terrible idea to pursue sex with women at work because the primary purpose there is to conduct business. Well, a woman's workplace isn't just at her job. She has multiple workplaces throughout her life, but you want no part of them. Now, there's a, a few exceptions that uh, come to be acceptable. Like when she is your committed girlfriend, if you decide that's something that you want. I mean, obviously, you don't leave her stranded if her car breaks down in the ghetto and you know how to fix cars. You go and you fix her car. But if there is a lack of sex in your relationships, you got to put a premium on your non-sexual attention. And this means... You don't go to friend gatherings and family events with her. You don't go shopping with her. You don't go to brunch with her and her girlfriends. You know, she's into dog shows and you're not into dog shows. You don't go with her to dog shows. You don't do things that you don't want to do when you're not getting your sexual attention, your sexual needs met. 
and that she is demanding all of this non-sexual attention from you. Because your non-sexual attention should only be given when she gives her sexual attention to you in the amount and volume that you want. So no more fixing, no more being Mr. Reliable, no more being Mr. You can call me whenever you need help with anything. Going back to the example that I started the program off with today when she's asking, can I have some wine? Yeah, I want some wine. What you do is you say, sure, go get it. And this isn't being douchey. Everyone thinks, oh, you got to be a douchebag now. This It's not to be a douchebag. It's refusing to be subservient. And what I mean by subservient is exactly what the dictionary defines it as. It says, serving or acting in a subordinate capacity, servile, excessively submissive, and obsequious. I mean, does any of that sound like James Bond? Does any of that sound like any guy that you'd want to imitate and be like? Now, something like that you see all the time on TV and the media. They make subservience a virtue for males. The media is going to show them to be successful. Like Phil Dunphy from Modern Family, the greatest example I can think of. He's this very subservient male that thinks he's just, oh, so lucky to have gotten his wife, Claire, and he does anything that she asks, and he's the sweetest guy for her, bending over backwards to give her these wonderful experiences and gifts, and he's the dad that's involved in his kids' lives, helping them with their homework and listening to their problems, which, you know, you should do as a father and everything, but but what I'm saying is that he's bending over backwards to do all of this to give his wife an easier life while she does very little for him. She hardly appreciates him at all in the show. And the media today, they celebrate that. They deify that. Like, you know, that's the greatest purpose you as a man can serve. And that's the blue pill and the fempowerment mandate at work again. Because you see, males were servants by nature, but it used to be about serving things like our community or our country or our company or let's go serve God or serve the church. But then the fempowerment mandate found how useful that is. So with their media allies, they went to work in creating the perception that serving women would lead to reward. You've got to resist that. The conditioning, you've seen it all over the place and you've seen it your whole life telling you, be subservient to women and they're going to appreciate you for that. Anything that is telling you to do that, you want to expunge it from your life right away. You want to recognize when you can provide value without being subservient. Because you've got two ends to this spectrum here is, you know, once uh, end of it here is you provide value at all times, at all costs, or avoid providing altogether to avoid looking thirsty. Now, on the one end, you're a simp, and then on the latter, you're an asshole. And there is a median in the middle that is the correct place to be, but we as males are less prone to find middle. Here's how you just know when you're doing it wrong here, and that's the reactions that you're hearing. When you, when you hear reactions... Like this, it means you're a pushover. You hear things like, aww, or, oh, what a sweetheart. Or maybe uh, you hear something like, ew, or he does whatever I say to impress me. Those are the reactions that you get when you're a pushover. And then when, you, when you're an asshole, the reactions you're going to hear is, oh, you're such a douchebag. Oh, you're such an asshole. But the reactions that you want to hear are going to be things like, oh, there's something different about it. Oh, wait, why isn't he paying attention? Or... Whoa, whoa, does he even like me? I mean, I sure hope he does. Those are the things that you want to hear. And when you hear those things, you know you're doing everything right. So wrapping up this whole thing about subservience is if you got to go out of your way to make someone happy, then whatever they're asking you to do, politely say no. 
because the deal is that you are not responsible for the happiness of others. You are responsible for your own. They are responsible for their own. And if their happiness requires you to do something that makes you unhappy, then they just don't belong in your life. Now, it's okay when people make requests of you, something that says, uh, hey, since you're up. Someone starts a request out by saying, hey, since you're up, it's okay to fulfill that request. But requests that require you to get up are not okay, especially when it comes to women. Because you see, a woman wants a man, not a servant boy. And they might even complain that you're not heeding their will. They might even throw some shaming language at you. They might say something like, oh, well, a gentleman would do this for me. Or a real man would do it. I'll tell you what that is, is that's faux indignation. And they're hurling at it only as a reflex. And it's not genuine, so you're safe to ignore it. You tell them if they need a butler, they should hire one. And here's the ultimate test here, is that if you wouldn't do it for a guy friend, then don't do it for any girlfriend or girl that you're interested in or girl that is within your pipeline of pursuit. That is it for us today. Hope this has been helpful for you. And if there is anything that you're struggling with right now in your red pill journey or just coming to realize who you are as a man attempting to reinvent yourself and create the ideal life whatever you're struggling with send me an email at cairo at reinventideal.com that's cairo at reinventideal.com we'll see if we can make an episode out of it and as always remember that the bull gets blocked right here because I am my brother's keeper and I got your back. Thank you for listening to Reinvent Ideal with Cairo Copeland, your weekly red pill prescription. See more at reinventideal.com. Have you been wanting to get into stocks, but don't know where to start? Are you tired of watching other people become millionaires from the stock market while you struggle to understand how it even works? Have you wondered how some people seem to have the magic touch when it comes to picking stocks? Does the language used by experts sound confusing and contradicting? What if someone could explain for you how to pick, scrutinize, and determine if a stock is a good bet using easily understood analogies from a movie everyone has seen? The good news is, I've done that. The book Jurassic Stocks explains how to be a superior investor using analogies and examples from the Jurassic Park movie series. It distills the roots of difficult concepts involved in stock analysis in a way that's engaging and keeps readers from rolling their eyes. It presents a model that anyone can easily understand and use for their benefit. Written for the individual investor, the everyday man trying to rise above the competitive giants in the most volatile market. Discover how to pull off the scrutiny needed to pick good stocks quickly and without getting distracted by useless information. Why you can't just do index funds and be lazy for superior performance. Why you can't take shortcuts like timing the market or invest in companies with good customer experiences. Or how the markets give opportunities to investors and how you can easily recognize them. The key characteristics of stocks that usually outperform and the step-by-step -step strategy that masters like Warren Buffett and Howard Marks use to become billionaires made understandable. The book breaks down how to analyze a company by using the fictional company Engine Enterprises from the Jurassic Park series to explain company balance sheets, financial statements, and more. And most importantly, what to look for in those statements to know if you have a winner. This guide will help you 
value a company quickly, and make sense of otherwise problematic and laborious concepts investors must get to succeed. Advice that's made easy to follow and understand. And we all knew as kids that dinosaurs make everything better. Get your copy now of Jurassic Stocks, Stock Market Investing Explained, using Jurassic Park. Available on Kindle, Audible, and Paperback. Get your copy today at reinventideal.com slash Jurassic. That's reinventideal.com slash Jurassic.